the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. So for those of you who are just joining us, we're in Romans, and we're in the ninth chapter. Last week we left off at verse 24. I believe we're going to start verse 25. We live in a sin-cursed world, don't we? This world is cursed because of sin, and sin is not a creation of God. It's a creation of man. It is brought here, it was brought here because of man. It became a part of who man is. In fact, every man that is born is born in sin. Now, that's not often said. Some people like to believe that, you know, there's good in man until otherwise, but the Bible doesn't really say that. The Bible says that we are born in sin, literally. But what that means is that we're born dead. No, not physically dead but dead in the sense that we're born in literal separation from God because we're born in sin. God defines death differently than we do. For God, death is anything that is apart from himself because he defines life in one way and one way only, by himself. So in Scripture, you'll recognize the fact that he says that if you do not have him, you do not have life. That you literally live, exist is probably a better word to use, dead. Dead to God. Now that's a serious place to be. It's a, it's a horrible place to be because in reality, the God who created heaven and earth and all things that are in it, created it to reveal himself. So the purpose of every existing thing, every existing thing has its purpose in him. And if you're dead to him, guess what else you're dead to? You're dead to everything that God created this world to be. And that includes the institutions of this world, as people around you have heard me say. Marriage is dead without God. Having children and knowing the, the, the glory of having children literally is dead apart from God. You can go through the experience. I'm not saying you can't have children. We know many people can have children. But the issue is not whether or not you can have children. The issue is whether or not you come into the reality of why those children are born. Whether you come in to appreciate what God was literally trying to give you in the lives of those children. 
But we know the world has discarded that simply by the cruelty of man towards children. Now, we were all born in the condition of being lost. And God, by his great mercy and his love for us, literally reached down. We just spoke about the cross. And here's what he did. He interrupted your sinful disposition. He interrupted your sinful way of thinking. He interrupted your perspective of life just for a moment, just long enough to give you the revelation of Christ and your need. And some say yes, and some say no. Those who say no go forward in their determination to sin. Those who say yes enter into life. That's the difference between life and death. Does that mean that God only brings the offer once? No. God brings the offer. He interrupts daily. Every day, every person upon this planet faces obstacles that are bigger than they are. Trials that they cannot get through on their own. Issues that literally overwhelm them. Everything from family issues to the very health. And let us, I mean, guys, look in the mirror. We're not getting younger, right? Yeah. I hope you're not looking at me as an example. But in any case, death is coming to us all. Now, that's a real cheery point, is it? But the reality of it is that all we're talking about is the death of the body. Life is eternal. And for the child of God, listen, if you're a child of God, listen to this. You never die. This earth suit, you'll wear it out. When? I don't know. Manufacturer warranty varies depending on the model. But you'll lose it at some point. But you'll never lose your life. The man who has separated himself from God never knew the life. will enter into eternity in separation and exist in darkness not knowing the glory of the God who created all things. Now, God, as I've said many times concerning the book of Romans, uh, that Paul is using the children of Israel to illustrate who our God is because God makes himself known to us through his word. But one of the chief ways in the Old Testament God made himself known to the world was through the children of Israel. It was literally the window through which the world peered to see the God, their God. And God made a covenant with the children of Israel to be their God and to be their salvation in this sin-cursed world and to one day deliver them from their enemies through the Messiah. But first they needed to know something. They needed to understand something about themselves before he would do that. And you know what it was? That they were born in sin. They could never, ever make themselves worthy by the works of their hands. They needed to know what sin was. They needed to see the contrast between who they were and who God is. So what did he do? He gave them the law, right? And the law was a standard. And the interesting thing about this standard is that standard is not based on man. It's not based on a good man. It's not based on a good Christian. It is literally based on the character of God himself. That's what the law is based in. Now, how many of you think you can live to that? Well, the children of Israel needed to be convinced that they couldn't either. You see, the law was never given to them as a goal for them to achieve. Many people look at the the Ten Commandments and they say, this is a goal for us to achieve. The law was never given 
to man as a goal. It was given to man as a clarity between what is sin and what is not. Man needed to be convinced, Israel needed to be convinced, that they needed a Savior. See, if you don't need to be saved, you'll never invite a Savior, will you? If you don't know you need to be saved, you won't invite a Savior. And that's what they needed to understand. That they were sinful. Instead of accepting their need and trusting their God by faith, they trusted in their ability to keep the law and believed in their ability to become righteous. So for years they sought to establish their righteousness through the law. They ignored the truth of faith that was illustrated through Abraham and the patriarchs. And then the answer came. The answer to their need, the Messiah, Jesus. But since they refused to see the truth of their need, they must also refuse the answer. And they did. They refused to accept the answer. And in this portion of chapter 9, Paul uses the Old Testament, the quotations of the Old Testament, to illustrate Israel's rejection and the Gentiles' acceptance. So let's look at Romans chapter 9, verse 25. Romans chapter 9, verse 25 says, Just as he says in Hosea, Those who were not my people, I will call my people. And her who was not beloved, I will call my beloved. Now this is a reference to God's acceptance of the Gentiles. And understand that it has always been God's plan to accept every man. Many people kind of think in their mind that the Gentiles were kind of a default thing. Well, I can't get the Jews to follow me. I'll get the Gentiles. No, God never has a plan B. It's always plan A. He's God, okay? So he says to the Gentiles, he's talking about the Gentiles, but he really started this whole thing with the whole world in mind. Every man in mind. How many of you know John 3.16? For God so loved the Jews, right? No. For God so loved the world. I think the Jews are in the world, right? That includes the Gentiles. You know what a Gentile is? Everyone who's not a Jew. That's the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whatever Jew believes in him. Is that what it says? No. Whosoever, whosoever, who does that include? In the Greek, everybody. Whosoever, everybody would believe in it. In verse 17, he said, He came that the world through him might be saved. He included everyone into that. Well, I want you to look at uh, that verse closely and look at the relationship that God wants. He wants to identify himself with His people. He will declare his love for them. You know that word beloved is kind of a King James thing. Beloved literally is a word that is said towards someone who is intimate with you. Someone like a spouse or even a child. It's not a word that we bandy about about the postman or the favorite pizza. It's a love that is deep. It is something we feel strongly So what God says is he says, I will be yours and you will be mine. I am for you and you are for me. Does that sound like a God that wants to live in separation? 
Does that sound like a God that wants to live at a distance or just wants to be worshipped? This is a God that literally is crying out for an intimate relationship. And here's the interesting thing. He says, those who were not my people will be my people. So something had to change. They had gone, the Gentiles, from idolatrous God-haters to beloved of God. They had become his, and he is saying, we will belong to each other. You see, during the time of Hosea, the verse that's being quoted there, the ten tribes of Israel had given themselves over to idolatry, and the people that God called his own had rejected him. So God had given Israel both the revelation and the opportunity to be saved, but they rejected it. They rejected the opportunity to become the true children of God. What they rejected, the Gentiles accepted. Romans 9.26 And it shall be that in that very place where it was said to them, You are not my people, they shall be called sons of the living God. Again, this has taken place to illustrate the future acceptance, or Paul's quoting this to illustrate the future acceptance of Israel. The opportunity for Israel to move from being just a people who come to worship to being the very sons of God. Now, this is where a man changes from being a worshiper to being a joint heir, literally part of the family. The true children of God would not be linked to worship. They would be linked to blood. There would never be, no longer be Jew or Gentile, but all would be sons of the living God. All share a mutual lineage. Now, I want you to look at that word, living. Sons of the living God. Now, that's a Greek word there, zao. And in the Greek, it's full of meaning. I want you to see this because it's, well, it's, it's illustrative of what Christ has done for us. Zao is not necessarily speaking of biological life or physical life. Zao is speaking of supernatural life. It's speaking of spiritual life, okay? And what he's saying is that they will become sons of the Zao, supernatural, living God. Do you understand what he's, what he's saying there? He is saying that you will have his life if you are his child. That's what's being said there. The sons of God would be sons of God by virtue of sharing the zao, the life of God, so that you would become a supernatural being in your existence. Now, you look at the body in the mirror and you say, listen, hon, there ain't nothing supernatural about this. But that is not what God is talking about. God is talking about who you are, who he created you to be. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old creation wouldn't make it. You had to be remade, reborn, reshaped. And you were reshaped by the Zao. Born out of the Zao. Literally becoming a living being through Christ. Now what does that mean to you? Well, brother, that should mean a lot. We are so busy trying to discipline this flesh, get this flesh in order and dress it up and make it look right. But I want to tell you something. That that underneath this earth suit is the zao for the Christian. The very life of God in your life. Distinctive. 
by your individual creation. We are linked by blood. We are sharing the mutual lineage of Christ. The true children of God are established by birth. You must be born again. Galatians 3.8 says, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify, declare righteous, put in right standing with himself, the Gentiles, in consequence of faith, proclaimed the gospel, foretelling the glad tidings of the Savior long beforehand to Abraham in the promise saying, In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. The Zao would be born in man. You do know that word is the same word he uses in Philippians 1.21, Paul uses. Y'all remember that verse? For me to Zao, for me to live, is Christ, his life in me, and to die the gain of the glory of eternity. Now, because believers receive this life by faith, they must also live this life by faith. Because when you look in the mirror, you don't see za'o. You see the uh uh-oh. But that's what Jesus died to give you, so you must receive it by faith. Now, here's the thing. If you're a child of God, you've got it. And one of the greatest victories that a child of God can live in is to recognize that the enemy's all about convincing you to seek after spiritually what God has already put in you. So recognizing the za'o by faith is simply saying, listen, thank you, Christ, that you are my life. Thank you, Christ, that you are in me. Thank you, Lord, that there is no separation, as she pointed out earlier. Thank you, Lord, that we walk in the truth. We don't walk around the truth. We don't go out seeking the truth. We literally walk in the truth because the truth is in us. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, if you find me, you'll find the way, and then I'll give you some truth, and then maybe if you try real hard, you'll have the life. That's not what he said at all. He said, I am in you and you are in me. And if I am in you, you have the way, the truth, and the life in you. Now, do you think that there might be some answers to some questions there? Do you think that all of the things that you may have thought would give you life were really just ill-defined distractions? Because he is your life. He is your truth. You know, in a world where truth is becoming negotiable, in a world where truth is becoming very clouded and redefined and re-described on a daily basis, it's almost frustrating. You almost feel like a ship without moorings if you're trying to find truth in the world, aren't you? And how about the universities? Where every man stands in his own truth and every truth is different and most of them godless. Listen. You have the truth within you. He is the truth. Because believers receive this life by faith, they must walk and live in this life by faith. Experience it and live it out while you're in this body. Paul illustrates that in Galatians 2.20. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. In him, I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. And the life I now live, different life, I live in the body, same body. But I live by faith, because it's the same body, by adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. 
We are supernatural. Do you know that? We live supernaturally through Christ. John fourteen six. I just quoted for you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by and through me. And do you know, because you have the way and the truth and the life in you, you don't have to come to the Father. You literally live in his presence. You already got there if you're a child of God. How many of you have seen that movie, God is Not Dead? Wow. Got some fans in the house, huh? God is not dead. You know, my wife and I watched that uh, the other night. And you know what I noticed? I mean, it's no great observation. It's, you can see it out there in the world. But the most avowed atheist lives the exact same life that the nominal Christian lives. Did you notice that? Neither one of them have a God. For both of them, God is dead. They live to the same definitions of the world. You see, life for them is defined by the body. Truth for them is defined by whatever periodical they're reading at the time or whatever their disposition is. And the way is whatever way looks best. They live like the world. That's why we see Christians falling from the same weaknesses that the lost are falling from. Living to the same answers that the lost live to. Because they have no God. They have not looked into the mirror of truth and said, you know what, I have life in me. It's time to embrace it by faith and live it one step at a time. I won't live to my emotions anymore. I won't live to what the world tells me about myself. I won't live to what the world thinks about me. I will live to the truth of God who is the way, the truth, and life in me. That's what I determined to live in. That's where life is. That's where the joy of life is. Is it any wonder? It doesn't matter how much money and fame you laud on a man. He doesn't have life. Because life is not defined by those things. Romans 9.27 And Isaiah calls out, solemnly cries aloud over Israel. Though the number of the sons of Israel be like the sands of the sea, only the remnant, a small part of them will be saved from perdition, condemnation, Judgment. That's actually a quote from Isaiah 10.22. And what Isaiah is doing there is he's yelling forth a cry of anguish. And why? Because he sees literally the sons of Israel like the sands of the seashore. Thousands upon tens of thousands he sees before him. And then he sees the remnant depart. The believing depart. And the others stand resolute in their sin. So small in comparison. And Isaiah's heart is ripped. I want to tell you something. God is not looking forward for any man to be condemned. Men choose this. They choose this by their own will. God has put it in effect that every man will choose. And you know what? It's true for us Christians too, right? We make choices. We choose to live as the lost man does. And we have a most difficult time of it because we choose against ourselves as well as God. And we live to the same standards as the world lives to that don't suit us. We're a fish out of water and the condemnation never goes away. Because when we're outside of Christ, we readily receive all the condemnation. But when we are walking in the truth of Christ, we recognize that there is no condemnation. I look around me. And I live in a Christian state, in a Christian country, 
surrounded by people who proclaim themselves to be Christian. But I'm afraid it's a lot like the children of Israel. That if we were to see as God sees, we would recognize that it is but a small remnant that walks in the truth. Many are resolute in living to the world while worshiping a God who is nothing more than a distant hope of heaven one day. The remnant will be saved and everyone who chooses to be saved. They will be rescued from death, from living in separation from God. This is a salvation from death to life, not life to life. You know, I've used that expression, and you've heard it, their organizations, and it's wonderful. I love the, what they're doing, and I'm a part of it. The, the exchange life, you all familiar with that phrase, exchange life groups? Well, let me tell you something. That's a wonderful phrase, but I'm not sure how true it is. Because I didn't exchange a life for life. <laughs> I exchanged death for life. I gave him my nothing for his everything. And it couldn't be considered life. You could be considered existence. But I have life now. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.